the gospel according to John, the 12th chapter. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it becomes or remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. And he said, now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It is for this reason that I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard that and said it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Be careful what you wish for. That is all that came to mind when I read this morning's gospel about those Greeks, whoever they were, those curious souls who show up out of nowhere wanting to meet Jesus for the first time. Be careful what you wish for. I'll come back to those Greeks in a minute. But be careful what you wish for. I think about the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Purdue Boilermakers. And their basketball fans, who were so glad, maybe even relieved to see their team's first-round opponents in the NCAA tournament this weekend, only to be surprised, dismayed, embarrassed to lose to Oral Roberts University and North Texas, too. Be careful what you wish for, people. I read this week, too, about a family who was excited about their dog's pregnancy only to have her deliver 21 puppies. Neapolitan Mastiff puppies, which are large animals. Be careful what you wish for. We've all heard about those lottery winners. I always think about the lottery winners who wish for and win so much money that when they get it, it ruins them because... Who can be prepared for such a windfall of wealth like that? Be careful what you wish for. And so back to those Greeks in Jerusalem so many years ago who we just heard about. They show up for the celebration of the Passover 
where Jesus and his disciples and lots of others have gathered for this festival, and they ask to meet Jesus. Maybe they're curious. Maybe they're skeptical. Maybe they're considering some kind of conversion or need some kind of healing or know someone who does. We don't really know just what they're up to or exactly what they're looking for in this Jesus they'd heard something about, apparently. We just know they want to see him, presumably because they've heard good things. It seems to me these Greeks, these Gentiles, and Jesus' disciples too, and everyone else who was around to hear it, for that matter, get a lot more than they probably expected or bargained for when Jesus starts to let them know what is to come for him. I wonder if Jesus is trying to break it to them easily, gently, when he says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. It's a weird introduction to a person. Jesus isn't talking about wheat in a field, of course. He's talking about himself on a cross, we know. So what he's saying doesn't sound so great when you get beyond the imagery and the analogy and the metaphor of that little nugget of truth. What Jesus knew was that his trip to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover was going to turn into more than the party that everyone else was looking forward to, the Jews and the Greeks and everyone else in between. Jesus knows he is that grain of wheat. Jesus is about to fall. Jesus is the Messiah who must die in order to accomplish God's will for himself and for the world. The disciples didn't seem to always get it. I'm trusting, though, hoping, though, praying now that most of us do see what Jesus is getting at. That's not even the hardest part of it all. There's more to this story, to this life's journey of faith that we share, for that matter. If we listen to all that Jesus predicts and everything Jesus promises about his own demise in this gospel. He says, whoever serves me must follow me. Where I am, there my servant will be also. Whoever serves me follows me. Where I am, there my servant will be also. If serving Jesus means following him to the cross, how badly do we want this job? If Jesus has plans to be at Calvary, am I the kind of servant who wants to meet up with him there? Is this really what I've gotten myself into? Is this really what I bargain for when I pray about being a better disciple? About living more faithfully? about doing God's will in my life and, really, for the sake of the world? Be careful what you wish for. I wonder if that's what those Greeks thought, and Jesus' closest disciples, too, when they started to get the point, when he hits them with all of this that day in Jerusalem and in the days to come. See, I imagine what drew people to Jesus back in the day is very much what draws people to Jesus still. To be honest, what's drawn people to Jesus over the ages, though, isn't always what God had in mind. 
so much of the time, then, as now, it seems, what draws people to Jesus is the good stuff. The miracles and the healings and the beautiful preaching and the clever teachings and the casting out of demons and the walking on water and the water into wine. What draws people to Jesus so much of the time is the Christmas and the Easter of it all. The cute and the cuddly baby in the manger, all those angels and candles and silent nights. Or the empty tomb, the rolled away stone, the resurrection, the alleluias, and all the rest. But what Jesus promises today for those first wannabe followers, those curious souls, and for all of us too, is that... This is about to get ugly, people. He says the hour has come to be glorified. But you and I know that by glorified, Jesus means crucified. He means whips and spit and thorns and nails. He means betrayal and denial and death and abandonment. He means despair and darkness. And it sounds like he expects something from you and me in all of this. If we're serious about following him, that is. But the crucifixion isn't for us. That's not what I'm getting at. We're not asked to endure the whips and the thorns and the nails of all of that necessarily. But we are called to something. And it isn't always easy or pretty or what we may have signed up for. And with Calvary and crucifixion and the cross looming, we're called to wonder what that looks like. Whoever serves me follows me, Jesus said. And where I am, there my servant will be also. Be careful what you wish for. We serve and follow Jesus when we sacrifice and mean it. When we do without, like Jesus did. When we sacrifice our pride and our security and our popularity, maybe, like Jesus did. When we make ourselves and our own desires small so that God's will and God's ways can be glorified. That's what Jesus did. We serve and we follow Jesus when we welcome the stranger. When we love our enemies. When we forgive people the world will not forgive. That's what Jesus did. We serve and we follow Jesus when we stand up and when we speak out. And we defend the rights of others who are suffering Even if that means risking something ourselves, that's what Jesus did. Our Asian-American neighbors seem to be in particular need of some love and attention and voice and justice these days. We serve and we follow Jesus when we proclaim a love and a grace and a mercy that is so big that it is an affront to the ways of this world. That's what Jesus did, and it got him killed. So yeah, let's be careful what we wish for when it comes to following Jesus. But let's be bold 
and faithful and courageous and brave about it all too. Let's let God's forgiveness lead us to forgive in a new, bigger, better, bolder way. Let's let God's faith in us grow our faith in God. Let's let the love of God for each of us move us to love one another. Let's let the generosity of God move us to be more generous. The sacrifice of God and Jesus to inspire our own sacrificial living. Let's be careful what we wish for, but let's be prayerful about it too. Because this following Jesus thing isn't always easy. Sometimes it gets ugly. But we do it. Trusting always like Jesus did. That it leads to new life for us, for others, for the sake of the world on this side of the grave and beyond. Amen.